You're listening to the Big Finish podcast, launched on the 15th of September 2019. Well, whatever that was, it's passed. Perhaps it's my fault. Why do you think that? Maybe your TARDIS is only meant to carry the three of you to the stars. Here's what's coming up. We plug, 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 Torchwood, the vigil. We delve into your lovely emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. We venture even further behind the scenes with Space 1999 talking to the cast. We offer you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. And we dramatise you with the first 15 minutes of Doctor Who interstitial, starring Peter Davison and the gang. I'm Benji, he's Nick, and if you've got this far into the podcast without knowing what Big Finish does, well, we make the finest audiobooks and audio drama this side of the Crabstick Nebula. Mm. Don't think I've ever had a crab stick, and I, I don't think I want one. I have. I had. I had a crab stick really? um, at a wedding a few years ago, um, and they were really, really what? nice. And I thought, oh, these are lovely. So then I went to, um, I went to mm-hmm. like a supermarket and bought some from there to discover <laughs> the horrific truth that they aren't that nice. It's like one of those things. It's like you had a fresh one at the wedding. I yeah, suppose. I imagine I had a well, as fresh as a wedding one can be. But um, yeah, so you know. You'd be very careful with that. I mean, there's a horrible thought anyway, isn't it? Crab sticks. Well, as you've gathered, this podcast this week is about crabs. Um, no, actually... Uh, oh, just the Maritime Podcast. <laughs> just Cast your nets out. We make the finest audiobooks and audio drama this side of the Crabstick Nebula. Uh, here are a few reviews of one of our most exciting latest releases. Yes, we're talking Transference, the latest in our lineup of Big Finish Originals. Originals, what are Big Finish originals. originals? What? Sorry, did you say something then? I said I said a Big Finish Originals. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but you seemed to say something else afterwards. Yes, it was me going, I, uh, I said Originals. I, I was, I was, <laughs> it's Originals. Sorry, I couldn't hear you. Uh, 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 I couldn't hear you because you were talking It's rubbish. all gone wrong. It's a mess. It's a mess. <sighs> Well, as you may know, most of our releases are based on well-known and loved franchises such as Doctor Who, Torchwood, The Prisoner, Blake Seven, Dark Shadows, lots of stuff, The Avengers. It's all super. Uh, Then when it came to celebrating 20 years of Big Finish creativity, we thought it would be fun to show off the best of our talents with entirely original productions. The latest one stars Alex Kingston, Warren Brown and Ingrid Oliver in a tense psychological thriller transference he's a fantasist yeah maybe i can't work him out she says i'm a psycho i'm not sure he's even using his real name one minute he's married then he's divorced then he's never been married his kids have had loads of different names and ages like they're just a story is any of it true yes some bits just don't trust anyone be careful Okay, you're making me really uncomfortable now. Good. You should be. What if I killed someone? (laughs) Well, whoreviews.wordpress.com, and that's who with a a zero as opposed to an O, said of transference, full of mind-blowing performances with a gripping, tense and thrilling plot. Transference is definitely one of Big Finish's best releases this year, perhaps of all time. John Dorney, Jane Slavin, Roland Moore and Andrew Smith, along with director Ken Bentley, have put together a fantastic piece of audio drama 
the likes of which I hope we will hear more of in the future of the Big Finish Originals range. Faultless 10 out of 10. Wow, no pressure on me because the next Big Finish original is written by me. It's called Ooh. The Human Frontier, but it's not out for quite some time. I'm still writing it. Um, cultbox.co.uk said, Transference reveals itself to be a taut and cleverly plotted mystery which builds its tension through a series of twists and turns as the lives of its protagonists are pulled apart by the hidden hands of puppet masters pulling their strings. Transference clearly ups the ante of Big Finish's developing new drama range, not least by its scale as a one-off original. It's undoubtedly an audacious pitch, but the drama's reach never exceeds its grasp, and it delivers on the company's bold declaration of intent. All the signs are good. How many stars is that? Serve. Uh, four and a half. Four and a half. Pretty good, I can't count over three. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, well, yeah, for quite. Um, and on the Twitter sphere, uh, Diana Bidewell tweeted, Absolutely love Transference. Ticks all the boxes for a perfect thriller and is so good it must be listened to more than once. So mm. well written and performed. Hope that you can make more like this. It's fantastic. And uh, Dean B. Stevenson tweeted, Well, I listened to Transference. Oh my, I'm loving the Big Finish originals more and more. Jane Slavin, Andrew Smith, John Dorney, Roland Moore. This was truly amazing writing. They're all tagged there. I had to listen in one go. Amazing writers and an incredible cast. I'll shut up now or I'll babble on. I've got a phone call coming in. Oh, I don't know who that is. I think it's a nuisance call. Um, yeah, Bob, Bobin Galuli. Whoever that is. Um, this is from Pete from PA um, at Big Finish. Jane Slavin, Mr. John Dorney, Andrew Smith, uh, tags. Um, it's 3 a.m. here in Pennsylvania, and the only reason I'm still awake is that I had to listen to Transference. All of it. Engaging right from the start and clear on through. Brilliant stuff. One and all. It was uh, quite the ride. Well, it's interesting. Yes, obviously, um, Pete from PA I read yeah. it as Pete Fromper <laughs> <laughs> he's a Fromper and finally this from Tony M Park Star okay yeah, I'll go I read with that. that right do you think yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it was not yeah okay. perhaps he's an MP uh, Tony MP for Arkster <laughs> <laughs> maybe it is Anyway, he says, oh, wow, at Big Finish, transference is so good. That's got three O's in it. Uh, was that enough of an O for so, so, so good? It's like when you write no in a script no. and it's a cry of no. Uh, I love it when actors go, no. No. <laughs> uh, no. I had no idea what to expect, only that Alex Kingston was in it. Such well-written drama. Even what they have on TV can't match it. Hooked from scene one. Oh, that's a good tagline, isn't it? Hooked from scene one. Like a fish on a line. <laughs> Time now to plug, plug, plug. Torchwood The Vigil, out later this month, starring Nyoko Mori uh, as Tosh in a tale of a new recruit to Torchwood. Torchwood. Hey, Torchwood. Hello, I'm James Goss. I am the producer, and I am joined here by... My name is Lou Morgan, and I am the writer. And... I'm Lisa Bowerman, and I directed it. So, uh, The Vigil, um, what is this about, would you say, Lou? What is this about? It is about, really, I think, what Torchwood is about. It is about um, work and about 
sacrifice and whether the sacrifices that people variously make actually pay off. And it's about Tosh as well. It's about her development as a character, kind of seeing a side of her that we haven't had the chance to see before. Tell me, Miss Sato, are you prepared to die for Torchwood? I understand that sometimes it's the only choice. We all do, but... I thought not. You see, Torchwood needs a certain sort of person. This is your first audio drama. It is. It's been amazing to be able to come and play in this world, really. And uh, both uh, Lisa and Lou, Mm -hmm. um, Madeline. (laughs) She's a monster, isn't she? Well, you can say, you know, um, Madeline and Sebastian, really. (laughs) Sebastian is the product of Madeline's madness. Um, I've actually met, sadly, I have met women like Madeline before. I think she's a recognisable character. I think that's what makes her so successful in, in terms of the character that Lou, Lou has created here. Sebastian Vaughan, tortured final message. If you're watching this, I'm dead. <laughs> so, hi guys. Hello from the afterlife. I'm sorry, Sebastian. I'm so sorry for all of it. But I'll make sure you get home. I'll take you myself. You! You think you're, you're so, so clever! clever. And all, all of it to hide the fact that you will never be enough. She seems completely impermeable. And then, you know, she realised, you realise how, how how vulnerable she is and how, um, what was the word you used? Uh, brittle. Brittle. Yes, that brittle. was the word. And she is brittle and very brittle. And, and there's this sense of duty and family. And it's in a way, it's a very old fashioned English view, certainly in terms of um, society at a certain point. And I, although it's not quite as prevalent today as, as it used to be, perhaps, the fact is there is still that sense of, of honour and duty towards king or queen and country. And I think in terms of its relationship with what Torchwood is doing for the nation, it's quite an interesting juxta, actually. I I thought it was fascinating. And if you want to order Torchwood, the vigil, just go to bigfinish.com and type vigil. It's as simple as that. Into the little search engine thing at the top, doing the diagram in midair again. Uh, It's out in under 10 days as of the release of this podcast, possibly sooner if you're listening later, of course. That's how maths works, you know. Yeah, it's all all relative, (laughs) isn't it? Uh, Time now, of course, for listeners' emails. Cue that so-so-familiar emails music. (sighs) Oh, I've got a message now. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, we can't be bothered to do the podcast. We're just going to listen to voicemails and do messages. Our admin for us. Um, <laughs> I've got a bit of decorating and uh, DIY to do. <laughs> just gonna, just gonna knock that wall through. Um, as you know, I love emails. Emails are what flows through my veins and drifts through my mind. It is the blood in my body. Um, I love emails. Ooh. I love talking to you. It's pretty vile, isn't it, really? Um, I love talking to you. We love to hear from you. We love to hear what's tingling your molecules out there in the big Finnish sphere. Uh, and if you want to get in touch, all you have to do is uh, message us, send an email, that is, to podcast at bigfinish.com. That's podcast at bigfinish.com. Simple Ooh. as that. That's so simple. It is simple, isn't it? It's, you know, it's straightforward, uh, which I think is is helpful. We ought to make it more complicated. 
Yeah, it's a podcast in uh, in ancient Greek. Um, and instead of the at sign, we've we've got a, a wingding of a fish. Um, and then instead of big finish, we've 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 we've, we've, we've just changed it to uh, the AA. Um, yeah. So yeah, send them the emails instead. Should we put Frompa in it as well? Fromp, yeah, let's put Fromper in for 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 Fromp. good measure, and maybe an Arkstar, MP for Arkstar at the end. <laughs> Perfect. And Actually, it's just podcast at bigfinish.com. Yeah, it's it's very simple. Sorry. So first up, then here's more on the wonderful, sadly missed Terence Dix. Jack oh. Green writes this: Dearest Uncle Terence has departed to the great production meeting in the sky, leaving mm. behind, in true Big Finish style, a stunning legacy in time, specifically. Oh good times. What heartens me reading the eulogies of Terence from the Doctor Who fans, writers and actors is that he absolutely knew how loved he was to us all for his fun scripts, for his easy reading yet lexically ambitious novels and for his behind the scenes stories about cold winter days with John Pertwee. (laughs) I believe that this continuous outpouring of love over decades and decades from the fandom must have contributed to his desire to stay immersed in the sandpit of Doctor Who, right up to the day that he died. Indeed, I believe he has a short story out there later this year, his final Doctor Who work. My favourite contribution of Terence's to Doctor Who canon is actually an area I'd love to see Big Finish explore further. Uh The season 6B theory as embodied in his novel, World Game. The idea that the Troughton Doctor didn't immediately regenerate at the end of the war games, but in fact stayed on, somewhat begrudgingly, as an agent for the Time Lords, was so exciting to this younger fan, it came out in 2005 when I was just 18, Uh, World Game um, was also uh, the first time, I think, Uh, classic series and new series collided as the second Doctor used his psychic paper. How brilliant. (laughs) I wonder, what do you think Dix's single greatest contribution to Doctor Who was? Rest in peace, Terence. There will never be another like you. Jack. Oh yes, the 6B theory has been around for a while, hasn't it? Funnily enough, I've not read that book. Maybe I should read that book. Could be a nice Hmm. thing to do. I mean, I I think his, his... single greatest contribution to Doctor Who um, will forever be his work on, on the Target novels actually because I just seeing how many people that has, uh, has affected and helped you know learn to read and, and ignite their passion for reading and Doctor Who is fantastic I think you know uh, that's really come to light and is lovely oh, I can't really um I mean, I would say, in general terms, the way he encapsulates the flavour and the structure and the character of the programme perfectly and had a real knack for that and really established that during the John Pertwee era by all his uh, clever little rewrites. Um, I think, yeah, just the way he thought a Doctor Who story should work, I think that's his greatest contribution and we all stick by that and and, and even if we don't stick by it we're reacting against what he said you know what I mean so it's an influence of us whether we follow it or not because it's in all of all of our minds um if I had to name a story I suppose I'd say horror of fang rock yeah that was Uh, the one that I would immediately jump to as as a masterpiece if that it makes sense, actually. it's a masterpiece, it's, it's, and it's it's one of those stories as well. I, I have great um, 
I have great admiration for any story that does so much with so little and given mm. the fact that it's set in a lighthouse yeah and that's it like you don't you know there's no deep sea underwater exploring or going visiting the local town for clues it's just in a lighthouse and that is what I think is just so fantastic but the characters the atmosphere everything about it the story superb absolute yeah. masterpiece it's interesting that at the time it was a little bit of a an oddity because it wasn't really like any of the other Doctor Who stories I remember um, <clears throat> a friend of mine um, Simon Short who I haven't seen for years he was known as um comic strip artist known as sms um he he went to i think the second ever uh, doctor who convention and he secretly taped it all so i heard <laughs> a lot of the panels and on it dick mills talked about the upcoming story horror of fang rock and he said that to him it wasn't like doctor who at all it was it, it was too talky he felt it was it was weird it's interesting because it is very much about the characters isn't it uh, yeah, I think it's beautifully done. We can forgive it the CSO and the terrible ship model, can't we? <laughs> we can. But, you know, that's, that's just, that's the show, isn't it? But, I mean, that's he's done so show. many things like Robot. You know, Robot's great. The War Games is great. I love State of Decay. I've always loved State of Decay, as I've stated before, of Decay. Um, and The Five Doctors. I mean, he's got a, a pretty solid resume, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just, just what a storyteller can't say anything that hasn't been said before here's one from barry aldridge he hey there my name is barry aldridge oh i just said that barry um but let's you know let's underline that what's his name benji barry aldridge <sighs> barry my thoughts on terence dicks is that he was a great man with great opinions some of the funniest thoughts too terence had great insight whenever he did a commentary or doing an interview for a making of documentary yeah it's so true i loved his work for target books and he did almost the whole library and he would make sure it is professional and kept to the original TV script of any of the stories. I even had some of those as audiobooks released by the BBC. Terence Dix will be missed and will always be a professional one. Thanks for reading, Barry Aldridge. You're very welcome, Barry. And finally, here's one from Adam Graham, who's a regular. We've, we've yeah, he's heard many a time from Adam Graham. Yes, always nice to hear from you. Dear Nick and Benji, I hope you had a nice summer break. We did. Um, mm. I did want to relate what happened when I was listening to the podcast excerpt of Transference. I was so into what was going on when I heard a voice say, and that's Transference. And I thought, that's an oddly weak attempt to work the title in just to have someone walk up and say it. I then realised that it wasn't a character as you continued to speak, Nick, but that the excerpt was, alas, over. <laughs> I see. <laughs> very good, very good. This month, I got around to listening to the companion chronicle Ghost in the Machine, starring Katie Manning as Joe. She was great as usual, and a thought occurred to me. It's been five years since Big Finish went from the companion chronicles as a monthly range to annual box sets featuring the first and second Doctor companions. This has mostly worked marvellously. However, the main drawback is that there have been no new Joe Grant Companion Chronicles. That's a shame because Katie Manning is not only great do it with doing different voices, but taking those voices and making them distinct characters. She just did very well in those two-hander Companion Chronicles. Maybe with so many companion-based sets, 
Big Finish could do the Joe Chronicles, featuring Katie Manning playing Joe at various points in her life, with the third Doctor with some of the modern Doctors, and maybe Joe with her husband encountering some weirdness. The possibilities are endless, and whatever you came up with, I'm sure Katie Manning would rise to the challenge. Keep up the good work, Adam Graham, sent from a place where someone's talking about transference. Or is it transference? (laughs) Was it transference? (laughs) I say transference. Is it transference? Who knows? It can be both or neither. Um, Yes, interesting idea about the Joe Chronicles. Um, The thing is that, of course, Katie's working for us in the Third Doctor Adventures, and that's going beautifully well. Also, she does the occasional um, short trips where she does... She did a fantastic voice in one of those recently. And uh, oh, what was it called? I'm going to have to look it up now. I directed it. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't quite remember. The same face. That's what it was. Yes. And she did an alien voice in that. And I thought, oh, she'd make a really good uh, female ice, mo- ice warrior. So maybe, maybe we'll do that. That'd be exciting, wouldn't it? Mm, Just an idea. That doesn't constitute a contract, Katie, in case you're listening. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) that's it from listeners' emails for this week. Keep them coming to podcast at bigfinish.com. Thanks again to all of you for your support and your comments. By the way, do let us know what you're thinking about Space 1999 and maybe what you'd like to see in uh, future box sets of that series. There's a thought. And talking of Space 1999, it's time for us to delve behind the scenes to hear what it was like for the cast recreating those iconic roles. Cheese rolls. Yes, that was the joke I was going to make. Sausage rolls. (laughs) Rolls Royce. Uh, Maria is just brilliant as Dr. Russell. She's really feisty. And that's coming across beautifully. I keep applying for specialist medical help from Earth, and you keep blocking my calls. I've got three patients here totally unresponsive to treatment in a critical condition. Do you get that? She's tough, but I think she's been in not necessarily a totally male environment, but definitely, you know, the hierarchy is male-dominated. And, you know, she is a smart cookie, and she's trying to fight her her side. I mean, it, it did remind me a lot of things going on in politics today as well. You know, women kind of getting higher up in the ranking and being, you know, called out for speaking nonsense and things. And then actually you look at it again, you think, hmm, actually they might have been right. The fan base is very devout. <laughs> and, you know, they love these characters. And I think it's quite dangerous to make Dr. Russell feel because I'm never going to be Barbara Bain, you know. I, I, it's, that's never going to happen. I'm not Barbara Bain. She's very specific. And also in the time that they were shooting, it was a very different kind of atmosphere and, and texture to acting and being and all of that. So, you know, I hope that the heart and the soul of her is still there and people see that, but people see her as, you know, a different incarnation. And maybe she is that 2019 character in terms of of the Dr. Helena Russell who'd be around now. Oh, give it a rest, Simmons. You will not address me in that manner, Dr. Russell. This is not some open forum for discussion. This is a command briefing to put things on this base back on track. Don't you get it? It doesn't matter who's wearing the crown, guys. We're sitting on a time bomb here. Oh, don't be ridiculous. 
to prepare for a role like this, you know that you need to, the key is reading it loads. I mean, just because you need to figure out exactly what's happening, the arc of the story, what's happening with your character. There's a lot that we don't know about them and that we're not going to discover because we don't know what happens down the line. And then sort of trying to understand. I mean, I'm definitely not a super science person. <laughs> I don't know a lot about space. So trying to kind of wrap my head around that and being a doctor and just those little bits of clue that help inform who this person might be and, and what they're dealing with. My name is Clive Hayward and I am playing Professor Bergman. I don't mean in orbit. We're somehow free of the Earth's gravitational influence. What? But... <coughs> free of the Earth's gravitational... All right, Commissioner, just take it easy. Uh, not so fast. But how could that be possible? Bergman... Well, here's the data I managed to record just before we all blacked out. Victor Bergman is the sort of the lead science professor on Moonbase Alpha. He's in his 50s. He's an extremely experienced and highly intelligent uh, scientist. He's worked with his commander, John Koenig, who comes over to take up his old post at Moonbase Alpha. Uh, but they've known each other, well, for at least 10 years, we learn from the script, because they've been working on this same project, the Metaprobe project, for 10 years. So they're very good friends. Professor Bergman is very loyal to his friend John. And I think John relies on Victor for very, very sharp, very fast analysis of critical situations as they're developing. And I think just Victor has that kind of brain. I wish I had it, but he has a brain where he's obviously, he's got a vast store of scientific knowledge in his head. But when data is coming in very quickly in a crisis situation, he's able to analyse it very swiftly. He has a very good team around him. And I can just tell by the way the dialogue goes in the script that he likes his team. I suspect they're all hand-picked by him, and they like him. So as a unit, they're very effective. Victor, there's got to be something about Sector 1 that we've missed. I suppose there must be, but for the life of me, I can't think what it might be. We can look deeper into the data, Commander. Everything about the nuclear waste disposal sectors is automatically updated and fed to the computer in minute detail. If there's an answer in there, you can bet we'll find it. Incoming communication from Commissioner Simmons. Hmm. All right. Professor, you and Kano get on with that as fast as you can. <laughs> Computer, transfer interface on this project to main mission terminal. Transferring. See you in there, Prof. Yeah, thanks, Stashka. Um, what are you going to tell the Commissioner, John? I'm still weighing that up. My approach to him is I watched episode one of the TV series because I wanted to see, I wanted to get an idea of how Barry Morse spoke and behave, not to slavishly copy him at all. In fact, I'm not trying to copy him, his voice at all. That wasn't the, the brief. But I wanted to get a sense of that sort of authority that comes with intelligence and seniority, that the kind of weight of leadership, that sort of ability of mind and the fact that he one of the things you notice in the TV series is that he's very good at staying calm under pressure and if you haven't grabbed a copy of Space 1999 Breakaway yet get yourself to bigfinish.com and type in Breakaway that'll take the biscuit there's a, there's a biscuit joke there 
very good. Very breakaway. Good. Very, Do you very remember good. Breakaway Biscuits? Breakaway, you were too, no, young. Too, too young, too young, too young. Breakaway. Okay. Very Shh. good. Very clever. Very good, very clever. <laughs> very intellectual. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, it's time now, of course, to activate the Randomoids Electrotron, where we pluck a random release out of the Big Finish archive. And we have Doctor Who short trips, The World Beyond the Trees. The World Beyond the Trees? Mm, yes. Narrated right. by Nicola Walker, so it's obviously going to be brilliant. Oh, I see. It's an Eighth Doctor one, is it? Yes. Yes, yes, Let's have a, a listen to a bit of that. Hi, Dad. This is me. This is Liv. Of course, I know you'll never get to hear this, but you see, something's happened. Something which made me think of you. So much has changed since we last spoke, too hurriedly and too late. There's so much I could tell you if only that were possible. Nixis 7, the Lorelei, the horizon at the end of the universe. But none of that's important, at least, well, at least it's not important now. You'd find this all far too vague, I know get some great reviews and of course it's uh, Nicola playing Medtech Chenka she's alone no doctor no TARDIS no Molly O'Sullivan but the strange environment she's stranded in is about to get even stranger with Liv the only one who can help out there's a message here for her and for someone very far away Jonathan Barnes, lovely writer. Anyway, um, yep, that is a randomoid Selectron offer. And if you want to get your protuberances on that 25% discounted release, just go to bigfinish.com and find this latest podcast. It's very easy. It's a podcast range. Uh, Click the link in the text, then enter the code word buck up. So, buck up because you know it's just one of the things we say isn't it Benji it is it's just you know it's it's uh, entombed within entombed. the Big Finish podcast as we are forever. entombed we are entombed but we live on no no it's not now is not the time so yes buck up um there's a t-shirt of that as well anyway that's what you type in all capitals no space b-u-c-k-u-p no punctuation or beverages well said, well said, Nick. No, well, that no, just no, about no. wraps it up for this week. Wraps it up in a little bit of cling film. So it is oh. time to say, oh, you've got the cling film. Oh, excellent. Thank you so much. And I'll keep sticking in the fridge later. <laughs> um, time to say goodbye. So goodbye. So goodbye. And while we're away, you might want to be teased by uh, 15 minutes from the beginning of our upcoming Fifth Doctor adventure starring Peter Davison. It's interstitial. Hello? Hello, Mark. <laughs>
Uh, I'm sorry, my Lady Nyssa. I, uh... Did you sleep on the floor last night? Yes, I'm sorry. But that bed, it's, it's so big and soft, I, uh... I couldn't relax. So I lay on the floor and slept a few hours. Well, I, I tried. I... Well, I hope you find it easier to get settled in soon. It must be quite a shock. Oh, it's lovely. Yes, very nice. Bright. Uh, just a bit... Unlike anything you've ever experienced before? Exactly. You do get used to it. I promise. I came from a place that was all dust and peace. Gardens, history, vines and moss. Beautiful. And now you live in a bright white place of impossibility. That is rarely at peace. Yes. Come on, let's get you up to the control room. Oh, why? Is there something wrong? No, at least not yet. But the control room, as Tegan would say, is where the fun is. Morning, Professor. Jennings, you're early today. I wanted to get everything ready for the test. It's a big day. I put your notebooks on the desk and have booted up the computer logs. Because you wanted to impress me. Um... Well, no, it's not that... <laughs> it's okay. I rather like being impressed. For what it's worth, though, I've already contacted your post-grad course supervisor and told her how happy I am with your work. So you don't have to keep setting the alarm clock half an hour early. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Actually, once we've finished this military stuff, I'd quite like you to join me back on Rigor 3, if you're interested. Interested? Yes, of course, yes. Thank you. Living in the outer colony world, what would my parents say? They never managed to get off Terma. Thank you, Professor. Honestly, it's such an... an... Honour? I know. Which is, by the way? I'm sorry? Is the honour going to the rigor colonies or working with me? Trick question, Professor. Not fair. You know the answer is both. <laughs> Good lad. Now let's get it started up. This is it, Professor. The big moment. Bearing in mind what we're using as ammunition here, your choice of words seem curiously appropriate. Computer, begin recording. This is Professor Kalu of the TNC Development Program. We have entered the final stages of checking and rechecking. Today we make history. Today we try and create a chronon bomb. Pause recording. Did that sound as terrifying to you as it did to me? Ah, Mark. There you are. Hope you slept well. Uh, not really, but thank you. I'm sure I will get used to this temple. It's the TARDIS. It's certainly not a temple. Well, strictly speaking, it's a Type 40 TT capsule Mark III version, but we just think of it as hope. Uh, yes, Master. Uh, please... Don't call me that for so many reasons. Oh, no. What was that? Uh, one thing about Tegan you need to remember, Mark. She really likes asking questions knowing I don't know the answer. But what was that? I read a momentary power surge. 
That can't be right. Chronon energy is inert. Oh, it's never inert, Jennings, never. Dormant sometimes, but it's always doing something. It reflects time, so it's always moving forward. And the bomb? We push on. If this weapon is going to work for Earth Center, it's going to work for me first. You want the weapon? Heavens no! A little side project of mine, using the material we're creating to power the bomb. I just want a single molecule of time. A seed. Something that represents interstitial time. That's a theoretical impossibility. If time forever moves as you say, then capturing a molecule frozen between now and now is ludicrous. Isn't that what science is all about? Proving old theories to be outmoded, outdated, wrong even. I suppose so. While working on the bomb, I began to realize we can separate out a part of it. I call it the Cronin Seed. A single beat of interstitial time. Pass me my notebook, will you? I want to write this down rather than record it in the official logs. That way, no one can blame us if it goes wrong. Professor, I'm not sure... Come on, chop, chop! There you are. Dead tree to mark the occasion. I'm not sure whether to be in awe of how much that must have cost you or terrified at the lengths you must have gone to import it. If something's worth doing, it's worth doing right. And don't worry. If security forces come calling, I'll tell them that you never saw it. Now focus on that computer. Punch the code, Jennings. Punch that code. Done. Nothing's happening. Well, whatever that was, it's passed. Perhaps it's my fault. Why do you think that? Maybe your TARDIS is only meant to carry the three of you to the stars. It's taken four of us before, don't worry. So, now we're safe, we should go and investigate what actually caused that time disruption. The what? Anytime anything goes wrong with the TARDIS, the Doctor gives it a fancy name and puts the word time in front of it. Ah, I see. I'm sure you don't, but it doesn't matter. Any second now, he'll hit the console in frustration. Oh, come on, meet me halfway. See, Doctor, calm down. The TARDIS is landing. I wonder where we are. Uh, you mean you don't know? Uh, another thing you'll need to get used to, we never know. Thank you, Tegan. Your faith is always touching. Shall we explore? Well, it seems to have emanated from, uh... Oh. Doctor, what is this place? What? I it's a beacon. You set it alight. Uh, no, 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 no. Same principle, more sophisticated. This must be around the early 30th century-ish. The what? Uh, probably best to accept what I say. It'll make your life far easier. I... I'm sorry. Uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, that was rude of me. I'm just a bit, um... Why does it sound so wrong here? Does it? I can't hear anything. Precisely. The whole place is, well, dead. Where have Nissa and Tegan got to? They were right behind us a second ago. 
the doctor didn't check atmospherics or radiation oh, or... Oh, never the... mind that now. We'd better catch up or they'll have wandered off and fallen into a fire pit or been eaten by cannibals or something. Nissa? Tegan, are you all right? Didn't you see that? I felt something odd, yes. What did you see? For a second, just a second, everything went weird. Like there were two TARDISes, one, one laid over the other, but slightly off, out of sync. That's certainly odd. It was probably nothing. Maybe I'm just a bit tired. Are you sure you're all right? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Come on. Doctor! They're not here. The doors are closed. They can't have gone far. I wonder where we are. In a laboratory, by the look of it. Nothing's working, though. No, that's odd. You'd think a computer would be active. Those screens are on. Sophisticated, too. I wonder when this is. Early 30th century. That's very clever. How'd you work that out? It's written on this wall plaque thing. Earth Center, Space Station Proxima. Permanently moored in the Centaur Belt. Officially active as of 29th of July, 2978. Our faith in the stars. All this computer equipment has burned out. There's some notes here. The book's scorched, but look. Something about a chronon seed. I'm guessing that's nothing to do with plants. Shh! Listen. Someone in that. Look at that. It's coming from outside. Behind that door marked transom. <laughs> Let's hope they can't get in. They might have seen the doctor or Mark. Yeah, and they might have eaten them. Doctor, what is a centaur belt? Are centaurs real in this future of yours? Uh, it's a poetic name mankind gave to a range of celestial bodies with irregular orbits which occupy the outer solar system, and uh, and uh, you have no idea what I just said, have you? <laughs> Not a word. But I really love seeing your enthusiasm for it. You are a man of science, as my master was a man of letters. I can see the same passions in your eyes. Yes, well, I'm not your master. I'm just a... Friend? Uh, I, I suppose so. But uh, now, then we should uh, get out of this lab and explore. Find the people running this place. Uh, Doctor, uh, there are some notes here. The paper is burned, but I, I can see it says... Uh, no, I, I can't quite understand that. Cronon Seed, Day 23. Interesting. Are they growing fruits or, or vegetables? Nothing so healthy. This is clearly the door to the transom. Let's use it. Ah. Should have opened as we approached. Oh, perhaps it's locked. Let me. No, Mark, don't touch it. Oh. I think it was just stuck. I like how it goes into the wall rather than just opening outward. It's just a door. But it went sideways. That's incredible. If a sliding door impresses you, I can't wait for you to see what's on the other side. Doctor. I knew you'd like it. I can see. I can see the stars. Look, the stars are below us and not in the heavens. That's because we are in the heavens. <laughs> That's outer space through inches thick plexiglass. This is the beacon's transom area. It encircles the whole space station. Can I touch it? Is it safe? Of course. I feel 
feel like I can almost touch the stars. Sorry, I am being foolish. Not at all. You're adjusting to all this very well, considering. Gods and minotaurs, you didn't seem too phased by the legends brought to life. And not my first minotaur. So I have determined that I shan't be phased either. That said, look at the stars. They are... Close. Beautiful. Doctor, thank you for bringing me to see all this. It, it is so beautiful. Well, just avoid getting eaten by vicious space monsters. <laughs> yes, Doctor. Do you meet a lot of vicious space monsters? So very different. One is human. One far more so. Could these be the ones? The ones I must destroy. I wonder how the door opens. From in here or out there? I think they've gone. We can't stay here. I was afraid you were going to say that. There's this. Emergency exit. Always encouraging. Anything hiding behind this one, do you think? Doesn't sound like it. Shall we try? Why not? What's the worst that can happen? I, I think it's meant to open automatically. Not much seems to be working here, does it? It's dark through there. It's a space station. Provided it's not an open airlock, I reckon we're pretty safe. See? A conventional door just for you. Where is this? The solar stacks. Renewable energy to power their station. It's, uh, odd. What is energy? There's been no sign of anybody. No people, no things. Just a big, sterile space station hanging in space. Maybe it's been evacuated. I can't smell decay or disease, so hopefully we've not been wandering around a plague zone. You've been listening to a Big Finish production. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe.